Well, good morning again, Hope Alive Church uh, at home. Uh, so exciting to be back with you again this uh, Sunday, and I trust that uh, you've been staying filled up this week and just uh, in love with the, the Lord and the Holy Spirit just uh, ministering to you, and uh, we're, we're just in such an amazing time right now. I have such uh, anticipation in my heart and in my spirit for really how God uh, is going to take this and turn it for good. And I'm excited to be a part of that in this day, and I hope you are too. I hope you're <clears throat> beginning to see deeper into what the Lord's saying. I want to start by just reading, <clears throat> excuse me, the verses that we used last week uh, out of Ephesians, because it, I'm going to tie together with that. Uh, it says, Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us <clears throat> with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And, uh, and we talked about that last week, about how that's the resources from heaven that are a provisional for us. And I've been really praying about this and thinking about this, and uh, I felt like the Lord just quickened a couple of scriptures to me this morning that <clears throat> I think you'll find very exciting. I'd like you to uh, maybe turn there or listen as I read them. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1, and we'll read verses 1 and 2, and then we'll read uh, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10. Uh, but I want you to hear this, and uh, then we're going to pray over the Word this morning and uh, have a great time in the Word. I think you'll be excited about what you'll learn this morning. Uh, it says this in Revelation 4.1, it says, After this I looked and I saw a door that opened into heaven, and then the voice that had spoken to me at first and sounded like a trumpet said, Come up here. I will show you uh, what must happen next. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 2. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on that throne. And we go back to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10, which it's John speaking here on the Isle of Patmos. And he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as if of a trumpet. And as I read those things, and I read that note from verse four, chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, come on up here, I want to show you things to come. Now we know John was also the one that wrote in John chapter 14 and 16, when, the, when, when, I go, when Jesus goes to the Father, He's going to send back His Spirit, and His Spirit will actually teach us and lead us and guide us, as well as to show us things to come. <clears throat> and I think as the body of Christ, as the members in the body, it's going to be critical for us in the days ahead that we're in this type of a position where we're hearing from God, we know it's Him speaking to us, we've learned His voice, we, we understand how His voice sounds in the Spirit, and we become uh, uh, really keenly aware of exactly what's happening around us. We're not caught off guard, but we're literally in tune with it so that we can be a part uh, of what God has as a solution for this world, because you know He's still after it. It's not done yet. And so let's just open with a word of prayer. I just want to believe that God's going to give us some revelation today that uh, will really transform us and even equip us and prepare us for the day that we're living in and the days that are ahead of us. So let's pray. Father, thank you today that, God, your Holy Spirit is just here with us. 
You're in every home, you're in every heart, and you want to show us things to come. You want us to come up higher and come up to a place where we literally hear your voice. And, and Father, I thank you that, Lord, today you're going to take us further uh, in the understanding of your word and of your truth. And Father, we're going to understand what's in your heart and what you've put in our heart. And so, God, just bless this time, these next few minutes in your word. Bless it that we might have spiritual insight, spiritual understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I guess one of the questions I was thinking about after reading that is, uh, do you think that God is still speaking today? Does he still speak today? Or is it just all written and and it's done? And he's off on uh, maybe vacation or something, just waiting for us to uh, reach him somehow. But I think most of us would say, yeah, we do believe that God speaks today. And, and, And that's why the Bible is filled with just everyday people that have built a relationship with God that are talking to him and communicating with him. We know the Apostle Paul at one point said he didn't know whether he was in heaven or on earth as he was speaking with God. So they had that real of a relationship happening with God. He was sharing with them what was going on. He was sharing them with them at times uh, what they should do, uh, how he would provide for them, uh, and, and uh, all sorts of things. So let's uh, look at the word this morning. Uh, my challenge, and really it's John's, the Apostle John's challenge for us, is found in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. And listen to the words, and we're going to go through this and hopefully take it apart a little bit today to give us some deeper understanding. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith. So there's, there's, a, uh, there's, a, there's a place here where he talks about us being an overcomer, and he addresses it and he attaches it to our faith. And so that's what we want to look at. The word overcome there, as some of you may know or have heard, the Greek word for overcome there is uh, Nike. And it's actually where Nike got their name for their business and for their company is through this particular word because of the definition of that word. And the word means to conquer, to carry off the victory, or to come off of it victorious. And, and so as we look into the Word, it says, uh, and read it with that definition, this is the uh, victory that we have that overcomes the world. In other words, we're going to continuously overcome, we're going to have the victory, we're going to carry off the trophy, this is going to be our lot. And, and so we see that John's challenge to us to everyone that's born of God, overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Paul then ups the challenge a little bit with the same word, with a little additive to it, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 37. Now listen to this here. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. More than conquerors. So in front of the word Nike is the word hype, hyper Nike. And it means there's more victories ahead for us. And and we're made to be more than conquerors. So he's calling us uh, way up here to a point of living a life that is victorious. It's, It's way more than just surviving 
as a Christian. And, and I find that there's a lot of people that choose to just barely get by spiritually. And they're, they're, they're just getting at that place. They found a comfort zone. And they kind of stay there. But yet Paul said, you are more than a conqueror. And, and, and he's challenging us up because I believe that God wants so much more for you and for I. We just kind of get down at this level, and, and unfortunately, to some degree, we've even counted this so much more as maybe just more provision, or maybe it's just more things, or <laughs> more blessings, but really it's so much more than that. The Bible says you have a high calling of God on your life. He's invited each and every one of us, and even as it says, everyone that's born of God overcomes the world. And, and, and this is the victory. And, and so it's for everyone, but it's so much more than just stuff and so forth. But I believe it's a stepping into this deeper point of partnership with our Heavenly Father uh, through the journey of our life. Let me just give you two more of these overcoming stories, one of them in the Old Testament and one in the New. In Numbers chapter 13 and verse 30, and you'll be familiar with the story, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to do what? To overcome it. We're well able to overcome it. And the Hebrew word, Hebrew word there is Jacob. And it literally means to prevail, to have power, to be the victor, to have strength. And so it's the same idea and the same concept we see running into the Old Testament. And you remember the story of Joshua and Caleb going in and spying the land. And uh, 10 of the spies came back and said, we can't do it. But <laughs> Caleb came back and said, we are more than able to be the victors in this. And then we move to John chapter 16. In verse 33, and you'll be familiar with this, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I have Nike'd the world. I've conquered it. I've, I've carried off the victory. I've come off of this victoriously. And I'm just thinking of how much that God wants you and I to walk in a greater measure and degree and depth of victory than we've ever seen before. And He's equipping us and preparing for that. So, how are we going to get this big victory? How are we going to come out of everything, out of this season, stronger? I want to look at some of the promises first of overcoming because I found them to be very encouraging to me when you go to the book of Revelation and we'll just look through several of these and I'll give you the verses and maybe you can just write them down and look at them a little bit later. But uh, listen to these promises for the overcomer or for overcoming. I think you'll find that they're very important for us to know these today and let them bring an encouragement to us. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 7, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Listen to this, to him that overcomes, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. If you remember right, in the garden there were two trees, right? Adam and Eve chose to eat from the wrong tree instead of the tree of life. They chose to eat from the tree of knowledge of good, of good and evil. God immediately takes them out of the garden, <coughs> blocks that tree with some angels, and then later takes the tree out of the garden and he says he puts it here 
in the paradise of God. Well, what he's saying is the overcomers are going to be able to eat of that tree of life. And part of the reason was, and you know, I used to be kind of frustrated with Adam thinking and Eve, why why'd you guys have to go eat that tree? Why not just eat the tree of life? But you know something? We probably would have all made the same choice. And we're making the same choice today sometimes. We eat from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil versus from the tree of life that God has to offer us. And, uh, and, and, but he had to remove them because if he would have, they would have eaten that tree of life after sinning, before Christ came to save, they would have been eternally sealed in that sin. But today now we have this opportunity through Christ as an overcomer to eat from that tree of life. I think that's just an awesome thing. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 17, this is awesome here too. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give a white stone, and I will give a new name which no one knows except him who receives it. Now listen to those three little articles. Most of us would be familiar with what the manna is referring to. It's referring to a supernatural provision when the children of Israel were in the wilderness. He literally rained down every day this provision for them. And actually that provision extended out because the Bible says in Deuteronomy that their shoes or their clothes did not wear out. For the whole 40 years. Now, I know most of us with fashion wouldn't like that, but uh, we'd want to change fashion. But the reality is, is that this hidden manna that he offers to the overcomer is a supernatural divine provision, which really we need on earth here. We won't need this in heaven. So we know that's for today. The second thing is he says, I'll give them a white stone, a white stone. And the white stone uh, was used in that day. If a person was charged with a crime, they went to court, but then they were proven to be not guilty, then they would be given this white stone to carry around saying that they've been acquitted of that offense. And I think, wow, what a powerful picture that is of us today. And so we have this white stone that's been given to us uh, from Christ. And then the third uh, was just a new name a new name. I'm going to give you a new name. And a new name, as uh, we might know, would mean it would just represent our identity. It would represent our character. It represents our personality. So Christ came to give us these things, that the, the, the hidden manna, the supernatural provision, the righteousness of Christ, and then also uh, a new identity for us to begin to learn how to walk in. And some of us actually are struggling today and frustrated today because we're Revert to the old name. We revert to the old character, the old nature, the old personality. But he's given us something new here. And if we can hear it and receive it, it'll be a part of that transforming power that we need that comes through his word. Look at Revelation chapter 2 and verse 26. And he, he who overcomes, he who Nikes <laughs> and keeps my works until the end, I will give him power over the nations. Wow, what an amazing statement. I was thinking about that with David in the Psalms, chapter 2 and verse 8. It says, Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for an inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. 
See, we need to begin to let some of this settle in so we realize that part of the victory of Christ has to do with what he's saying to the seven churches in the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, and begin to take a hold of those so we can add to our faith, we can add to our direction, we can add to our vision, and begin to go for everything that God has because there's going to be a victory in the last day. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Revelation 3, 5, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. And we know that that would stand for the righteousness of Christ. Revelation 3.12, he who overcomes, uh, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. And and in Revelation 3.21, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. (laughs) How powerful is that? And then Revelation, the last one here, Revelation 21.7 says, and this is great, if, 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 if we didn't have enough already, Now he goes off with this one here. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. What a powerful offer that we have as he set before us the challenge to be overcomers in this life, in this life, in this life, he offers this overcoming promises to us repeatedly to cover every base. So let's just take a little dive deeper here into this 1 John 5, 4 verse. For everyone who is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Now let me just point out just a few words here in this particular verse. And I want you to listen to this and lean in just a little bit here on this one here. It says, for everyone... In other words, there's no exceptions. You know, God doesn't look down uh, on the earth and pick and choose different people uh, based on how smart they are or who they are. He says, hey, this is for everyone. There's no exception. We can all step into this place. For everyone born of God overcomes, in other words, conquers all, able to overcome, able to conquer all, and then he goes on to say, the world. And when we look at the world and we think about what this means, and and, and there's three real um, entities that work in concert together against us that are born of God. And that's why once you become born again, you begin to experience this new uh, battle, this new warfare at times that often attacks our minds and tries to attack our lives. And this is what it is. He says it's the, he he names it in 1 John 2, 16. He says, this is what the world is. The world is, it's the world, the flesh, and the devil. The three entities that are against you on your journey. And the world is defined by John in another place to be the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And so when we look into this, we begin to realize that we have an enemy. That's why you become frustrated at times. You have an enemy that's out to attack you, and it's called the world, the culture, the flesh, your own flesh, if you're not careful, and the devil. And so we want to make sure we understand that so as we move forward, because we're about to talk about how we overcome those. Oftentimes we try little self-help programs or try to not do this or not do that, and we find ourselves failing repeatedly and becoming more frustrated with ourselves, when in fact, we're going to see here how do we overcome these areas in our life. And it says in, again in 1 John 5, 4, everyone born of God, overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. What is the victory that has overcome the world? It's our faith. 
It's our faith. And this morning I want to just spend a few minutes here as we, in the last few minutes here on uh, discovering, uh, let's take a look at what our faith is and what it looks like. If God's calling us up to this place of victory, I want you to be more than conquerors. If His call to us, and it is, it's over and over, we just heard several verses about overcoming, uh, then I have to position myself not just to survive, but I have to position myself to move forward in Christ. There's two kinds of faith that I see uh, active, uh, not only in Scripture, but also in life. And the first one is there is a faith that is just a theology of faith. In other words, I've researched all the Scriptures, I know where they're all at, I know what faith means, I have all the definitions, the Greek, the Hebrew, uh, I can give you a theological discourse on faith, but yet it's not really active in your life. You don't really see it happening. You don't see uh, the signs and wonders that should follow those that have faith or those that believe. Same, same word in the New Testament. So there's a faith that's just a theology of faith. But then there's also what I would call a believing faith. And I use the term often, it's a believing believer's faith. And there's a real difference here, and we, we do see it uh, uh, throughout Scripture. We see different acts of faith that are taking place, and we're going to look at those in a minute. We're going to look at some facts of faith, and I'm hoping that you'll grasp something out of this that will be very helpful for you today to be able to walk away. Let's all just grow in our faith. We know that you can do that because the Bible says there's different kinds of faith. There's weak faith, there's uh, regular faith, and there's strong faith. I think it's time to grow in our faith, and so let's just look at some facts about faith, so that I might learn something here out of the Scriptures. The first thing that I put down here is that we need to grasp our position. We need to grasp our position. It's important for me to know that I'm literally a son of God. And 1 John 4, 4 says, you are of God. He's your creator. He's your master. Once you receive him into your life, then all of a sudden, you are of God. And, I, and we talked about this last week, you know, that you're, you're either you're a son or a daughter of God with all the rights, with all the privileges, and with all the authority as being adopted in, and how important it is for us to know that. Second thing that I see is that uh, about faith is that if I'm going to have to deal with my unbelief, you're going to have to deal with your unbelief. And I'm taking this from the story out of Mark chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, where the father came and he was frustrated because his son needed to be healed and no one seemed to be able to do anything. And, 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 and so we'll jump in there. And, and Jesus said to him, the father came to him crying, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, total frustration, and maybe you've been there before yourself, total frustration, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. And I think sometimes it may not be so much that we don't believe, but we have maybe a little bit heavy on the unbelief still happening you know, Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 19 said that they couldn't enter into the 
promised land because of their unbelief. And so it's important for me to just maybe look at my life and just maybe ask myself, you know, where am I struggling to believe God in? And how can I reinforce that with His Word? Because faith comes by hearing, believing comes by hearing His Word, and allow that to really be targeted until it changes that in my life. Number three, I think we need to understand faith. We need to understand faith. And uh, let me read to you Hebrews chapter 11 uh, and verses 1 to 3. Hebrews 11, 1 to 3. And you can turn there. You know Hebrews 11 is, of course, the faith chapter. And uh, let me just start actually back with Hebrews chapter 10 and verse uh, 35, if, if you just come back a couple verses there. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God that you may receive what? The promise. Verse 37, for yet a little while and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. And now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. You know what he's saying there is some of these people started out strong started out on fire, but something began to put water on their fire. And before you know it, the, 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 the coals were just down to be little embers and, and they were just barely burning. He said, no, I, I, don't, don't withdraw. Don't, don't go back. Verse 39, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Then he jumps in now to verse 11, the great faith chapter. Now faith has the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And we know we can go back to the very beginning of the Bible to hear that. So let's just look at some stuff that we need to understand about faith. Number one, God can still make something out of nothing. <laughs> we are so visual in this day. We almost want to see something before we step forward when in fact uh, the, 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 the Bible says in Hebrews chapter eleven three that we just read, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So I have to adjust my thinking. I have to completely adjust my thinking so that I'm not sitting there uh, kind of saying one thing but yet looking for another. I'm looking for something first. And, and, I, and I'm forgetting that, wow, God doesn't need anything to work with. He can make the worlds, the whole universe is what that means. He made the worlds out of nothing, just but His Word. And so I have to deal uh, with, <laughs> with, uh, with, my, with my unbelief. Uh, I, I need to uh, now move into understanding my faith, and that is that God can make things out of nothing. The second thing in that, in that category of faith is faith has words. Faith has words. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35 says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. 
has great reward. The word confidence there, you might be surprised to, uh, to know, it means a freedom in speaking. It means an unreservedness in speech. It means to be open and, and, and to be without concealment. And so, so faith has words. Uh, we can't just try to think things into existence. We have to learn to begin to speak things out into existence and let our words come out loud. Let our words speak forth. And, and I don't know how you operate in, you know, we talked about making a place and, and having a time with God. But I, I, I encourage you, let your words speak it out loud. And, and, and this is what this whole thing, don't cast away your voice. Don't cast away and be silent and become silent. And I'm thinking about that in so many different areas with people we know, with friends that we know, uh, with relatives that we have that, you know, we just don't say anything to them about the Lord. We've just maybe been shut down or for whatever reason, we're just silent about the Lord. And I think there's so much power. Your faith is going to move in them by your words. And so let's, let's make sure that we are using words. The next thing that I pointed out here for faith is faith hears words. Faith says words, but faith also hears words. Romans 10 and verse 17. So then faith comes by what? By hearing, hearing by the word of God. Remember what I said earlier uh, about just hearing God's voice. Is he still speaking? The word here for hearing the word is the word rhema, which is different than the word logos. Logos means just the written word. Rhema meant Rhema means the spoken word from God. And so it's important for us to recognize that faith hears words. And I just think of the different times in my life when uh, I've been in the middle of a big challenge and all of a sudden, you know, God just speaks something to me. Oftentimes it's with a scripture. Oftentimes it's just with his thoughts. And he just says something. I think I, I'll never forget the time that I had lost uh, uh, a check. No, actually, I lost the airline tickets, not the check, the airline tickets uh, that we had for our mission trip. And uh, I, I just had looked everywhere and uh, so frustrated because we were getting near time to leave. And this was a number of years ago. And I, I, just, I was driving home and the Holy Spirit just said, look in this book. And I went there and sure enough, that's exactly where they were. And it was just like, wow, that's amazing. So are you hearing what the Holy Spirit's saying. And, and, and it's important that you do that. Uh, the next point that I bring out here is faith also has action. Faith has action. Uh, Hebrews 10, 36. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. And, and it's important for us to realize that there has to be some feet put on our faith. We can't just sit back and anticipate that God's going to do everything for us. Uh, in fact, He's given us the ability to step out in faith because He wants to grow your faith by getting you to be, to, to getting you to partner with Him in this. And if you think about Moses and how you know they got up to the river, well, they had to put their foot in the river. They had to step into it. And oftentimes, when Jesus challenged people for healings, he make them go wash. He'd put spit on dirt and put it in their eyes, and and he would, I would challenge them up to take some steps of action. And I think today it's the same thing. It's no different. Faith has to have some action to it. And so, how's your actions of faith 
taking place. And the next point that I see, and, and that is faith is a lifestyle. Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is supposed to be a lifestyle, not an event. Faith is supposed to be a lifestyle, not an event. And that's why in Hebrews, again, chapter 10, we read it. Now the just shall live by faith. Or am I living that way or do I just stop and, you know, at, the, at, the, at a moment of great need and, oh God, I need something. Oh God, I need to have faith for this or that. When he's saying, I want it to be a lifestyle of faith. And that's what we see in the life of Jesus Christ. As he walked through the, the earth, he was ready for everything that came to him. He was, he was right there ready for whatever he faced on his journey. Uh, another way of saying that is faith is not a concept that you visit, but it's a lifestyle that you and I possess. So faith needs to come into every aspect of our being, everything that we think, everything that we say, everything that we hear has to come back to this point of faith. And uh, I... I I think it's important for us to capture this and allow the Holy Spirit just to maybe change the way that we've thought about faith and make sure that, you know, uh, again, we, we believe wholeheartedly that God can make something out of nothing and that, that, that our words are important and that we, we do speak things into existence. And, and then also uh, that, that our, our faith must contain the hearing of the Heavenly Father to us and then also that there's an action behind it. It becomes a lifestyle. We begin to every day trust and depend on the Lord and on His Holy Spirit for what He wants to do, how He wants to work in us and also through us. And begin to change the way that we uh, look at things and look at life and see things and, and begin to allow the Holy Spirit to maybe just transform our thinking in a new way about the whole area of faith. Now, I want to just pause here and just say this as we, as we wrap up this morning. Uh, I, I think uh, I've not met too many people that said, oh, I, I have enough faith. I'm, I'm doing fine. I think everybody that I know, including myself, we all wish we had more faith. And we've talked about a lot of things this morning about how do we how do we get that faith? And how do we grow that faith? And so uh, we have to take some of these things and say, okay, now I'm going to try some of these steps of action so that I can see that they do work. And so this morning, uh, maybe uh, as we close up this morning, I, I want to say maybe if you're watching online and maybe you've never taken that first step of faith, and, uh, and I remember as I was uh, in the process of being drawn unto salvation through different testimonies, I can remember distinctly beginning to hear God clearer and clearer. And he just kept calling me and drawing me in and grabbing my curiosity and my attention and, and wanting to pull me into this relationship with him. And even when you think about that, you know, the Bible says that uh, you have to first believe in your heart. In other words, something starts stirring in there. You begin to, you begin to feel something, really, inside. And, and, and it's a drawing of God. And, 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 and he says, if you believe in your heart, you then have to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, who was raised from the dead. And, and that's how you become saved. And so maybe you're there this morning, and if you are, I just want to encourage you to, to pray uh, just a prayer 
before the Lord uh, as we pray this morning. And then secondly, maybe you're in a position where you've had a lot of bangs on your faith and you haven't understood why maybe things haven't happened and, and, and uh, why things don't change instantly at times and so forth. And maybe this morning you'd kind of see that God has a plan uh, for our life. It's a wonderful plan. And, and as we learn to walk it out and walk in it, we will have the greater victory. We will be the overcomer that he wants us to be. He doesn't want you to live in frustration, but he wants you to literally uh, step into a greater measure. Uh, I guess if you're going to be frustrated, just be frustrated that we're not seeing what God has promised us already. And so we can step further into that. Uh, again, I think a, a real key is that I learn to have a hearing ear for what he's saying and then really allow him uh, to stir us up to this new level so we can be the victor, we can be the overcomer, we can have a victorious life and, and walking with him. And so let's, uh, let's pray this morning, uh, whatever position you're in, let's pray this morning. I believe the Lord wants to take us to a new level and I'm excited about that. So let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for just a fresh move of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for just uh, opening doors in our heart, in our lives, in our minds, Father, that no one can shut. And there'll be doors of faith. And Lord, you said that we would move from faith to faith. And God, this morning I pray for every one of us that maybe there's an area that we uh, have been frustrated in, that Lord, this would be the time for that miracle to take place. And our hearts would be rekindled and restirred to realize that is your heart. You can make something out of nothing. You can, Lord, do miracles in our life. We ask for that, Father. I ask for just an outpouring of your Spirit upon us, even as we're preparing for just the new season that your church church at large is moving into, that we would be more than ready, but more than that, we would be more than conquerors. We'd be victorious in you. And when, Father, uh, we go out into the culture and the world again, Father, that there's a new look upon us. There's a new faith in us. And God, we would like never before walk out the perfect will of God in our lives. Lord, I bless you this morning. Pray for everyone watching. Let your blessing abound. In Jesus' name, amen.